Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goes bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We do continue on as we move into hour number two of the program, a Graybar Sports Open Line on KMOX. As always, if you want to join the program, you can do so by calling and or texting 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me if you'd like, at Matt Pauly on air. Uh, our plans, by the way, on Thursday here on KMOX, we are going to start bright and early with opening day coverage. We'll have everything going on at Kegs and Eggs. We'll then lead into uh, our network pregame show, the game broadcast network postgame show. Uh, Joe Pot and myself will have you for uh, the uh, for the extra inning show, and then whatever time we have left between then and eight o'clock, we'll do a sports open line. So basically, our opening day coverage is going to start at like five in the morning, and it's going to go eight o'clock in the evening and beyond. So we will have you covered in every single possible way. Uh, Polo Asensio is going to join us in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Spanish language broadcaster. I'm sure he's all kinds of fired up as he gets ready for uh, tomorrow's uh, opening day broadcast that he'll be doing alongside of uh, Benji Molina. Want to talk college basketball real quickly before we jump back into the Cardinals, uh, continuing to get ready for the final four on Saturday. Florida Atlantic against San Diego State. Miami against UConn. UConn as a four seed is the uh, top seeded team that is still alive in the final four. It's just been a, it's been a crazy tournament. People are expecting it to be the lowest rated from a TV perspective uh, final four ever. I don't care. I'm excited for these teams. I'm excited for these fan bases to ex- uh, to experience something that really they don't get to experience very often. Like just being around Kevin Wheeler, who's a Miami guy, and seeing how fired up he is about uh, his school and his program uh, being able to play in a Final Four, something that felt like was light years away at, at one point for that program. It's really cool, and, and I'm really happy for uh, the various uh, fan bases. We had James Wesseling from ESPN on yesterday, and we didn't get as deep into this as maybe I would have liked to. I think we're in a really, well, of course, we're in a really weird spot in college basketball because name, image, likeness, and all that is brand new, and we still don't know what that's going to end up looking like. There's still a lot of changes, and there's just the way sports are and the way college sports are, they're probably going to continue to be changes. One of the really odd things about this year was the impact of freshmen was limited. A lot of those one-and-done type freshmen decided not to play college basketball. They now have an opportunity to go play in the G League, which which is a great opportunity for them. They can go make a few bucks and then go into the NBA after after a year. And 
Uh, in many ways, that makes more sense than playing one year of college basketball. You know, generally kind of the DNA of, say, a mid-major team that makes a deep run in the tournament is a team that's got a bunch of old guys, a bunch of seniors, a bunch of fifth-year guys. Well, with the COVID year, we've got all these sixth-year guys running around. Or we've got fifth-year guys that normally would have left a year early. I think there's just all these guys with this extra year of eligibility, and that has really changed things for this year. I'm really curious moving forward what college basketball is going to look like when it's clear having older teams results, as long as you've got talented guys, but if you have talented old guys, generally that's better than having talented young guys when it comes to at least when it comes to the NCAA tournament, how that's going to play out moving forward. We are seeing most, not all, most major programs really utilize the transfer portal. And when you go into an offseason and say you got four scholarships available and you've got some holes on the roster, you're not going to be looking at high school kids. You're going to be looking at the transfer portal because you've got areas of your roster that you want to improve right now. And you can do that easier in the transfer portal than you can do that bringing in freshmen. And I just, I feel like freshmen are ending up in, there's some programs out there that are still uh, really putting a focus on bringing in high school kids and developing them. The the thing that's got to happen for those programs to be successful is got to be a program that can retain those kids. You don't want to develop a kid coming out of high school and then them go into the transfer portal and go play for somebody else. And that's what's happening. And that's the gamble right now of bringing in young players and giving a scholarship and giving a spot on the roster to young players. You don't know if the dividends are going to pay out for you or if the fruit's going to bear out on another team and another roster. So it's a really interesting place to be right now for college basketball coaches and just the way this year's NCAA tournament played out showed how teams using the transfer portal and teams using older players, it's, it's flattening out kind of that, that top-level college basketball team to what used to be that second tier of team and maybe even third tier of team. All of a sudden, there's not a whole lot of difference, and you end up with an NCAA tournament that looks like this one. Now, the, the big change moving forward is you're not going to have that extra COVID year eventually. Uh, guys are going to kind of graduate out of that where you didn't experience that, you weren't on a roster, and then everything's going to maybe normalize out. But I don't, I don't know if that's going to really change things or if college basketball coaches are going to look at, say, what happened this year and say, okay, this is how we win. This is how we make a run in the NCAA tournament. We get as many old guys as we possibly can. Look at what Missouri did. Bringing, M- Missouri completely rebuilt their roster, and it was a new coaching situation, so it's a little bit different than other places. But Missouri rebuilt their roster with the transfer portal and got to the NCAA tournament. They weren't alone in doing that and having success. That's the You want to win next year? You want to bring in a new coach and win next year? Bring in a coach that you feel like can recruit the portal. And you've got a you've got as good a shot as anybody of making that huge, huge step forward. 
All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, we are set to be joined by Cardinal Spanish language radio broadcaster Polo Asensio. How fired up is he about opening day? He's always fired up about something. Love Polo. A lot of fun to talk to. We'll talk to him next. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. A great bar sports open line does continue here on KMOX. We call our network show Countdown to Opening Day. We are counting down to opening day Thursday afternoon. A 3-10 first pitch. The Cardinals are going to begin their season as they match up against the Toronto Blue Jays. The two teams will take Friday off, and then they'll get back at it, continuing the series on Saturday and Sunday. Miles Michaelis is going to uh, start the uh, first game of the season for the Cardinals. So that's cool for him. He gets the opportunity to have that opening day start, which is always a big honor. It would have gone to uh, Adam Wainwright had he uh, been healthy. He's not healthy, so instead it's going to be uh, Miles Michaelis who's going to uh, get the start. Uh, The way it's lined up, Miles Michaelis in game one on Thursday, off day Friday. Jack Flaherty is scheduled to pitch game two on Saturday, and then Jordan Montgomery will go on Sunday. At that point, the Atlanta Braves will come in for a three-game set uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Jake Woodford is scheduled to go the first game of that series on Monday, and then Stephen Matz will go on Tuesday. So that's how things are lined up here uh, at the moment. And I am. Uh, by the way, we are. Uh, we may have to push Polo Asensio on. We've been promoting uh, having Polo on. We may have to push him back till uh, tomorrow. So if that's so, uh, we'll do that if possible. Uh, but uh, we will get Polo on before opening day. Hopefully, uh, if we're not able to uh, get him on the program uh, today, I am excited to see what Jake Woodford is going to uh, be able to do after he put together a really, really strong spring. And he was he was as good as any starter for the Cardinals. And he came in 
I mean, you, going in, Dakota Hudson was kind of the number six starter. And then who was the number? Was was Matthew Liebertor the number seven starter? Was somebody else the number seven starter? Like, you didn't really know who it was. And Jake Woodford, who has done nothing but have success at the uh, big league level, he went out there, he performed, an opportunity opened up because of the uh, injury to uh, to Adam Wainwright, and he he took that opportunity and he stepped forward. All right, we do get Polo Asensio. He is the Spanish language play-by-play voice of the Cardinals. He's one of my favorite people in the world to talk baseball with, and he joins us right now. Hey, Polo, how are you? Doing fantastic. First of all, let me apologize to you, Matt, and, and to everybody. Because I kind of lost track of time. I just landed here today from California, you know, getting ready for the season. And I stopped at one of my favorite stores. I'm not going to say any names because, you know, they're not our sponsors. And uh, I'm, I'm just buying stuff for the for the season, bro. I mean, jalapenos, dishwasher uh, thing, uh, clean supplies, hangers, toilet paper, you name it. Everything is in here. But, hey, let's talk some carnal baseball now. What, what food do you always have in the booth? What food do we always have in the booth? Obviously, water. It's, okay. it's, it's a must. And I like to have some candy because sometimes my mouth gets really dry, and I don't want to be drinking a lot of water because, you know, water, then you have to go to the bathroom, and next thing you know, you know, the, 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 the innings are not – the, the in-between innings is not too long, so you, you don't have the time to run and come back. So uh, candy. Candy is a must. Uh, when we come down to food – uh, over the last couple of years, I basically copied something that Mike Claiborne, the great Mike Claiborne, does every day, and he eats shrimp before the game. Hmm. So um, yeah, so shrimp before the game is something that uh, that uh, I like to eat, just you know, to be like a little bit like Mike Claiborne. All right. When I was doing single A baseball, our home ballpark did not have a bathroom anywhere on like where the press box area was. In my two years, I never once was able to use the facilities as the game was going on. Wow, yeah, that's, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> so, um, we, we, as you know, uh, Bush Stadium has plenty of bathrooms, and yes. there's a couple of them right next to the booth. So, I don't have that problem. But once in a while, you know, the problem I run into, Matt, that I will be done with my business, and then somebody will start talking to me, or oh. I'll start talking to somebody, and and most of the time, I don't know why. It's either Michael Gersh or Mo. You know, they're in the bathroom, and we start talking baseball. Next thing you know, the game the game is going on. So Benji steps in. Thank you so much. So Benji steps in, and he starts the the the. the Benji starts the play by play. So I have to like kind of run run fast, but it's all good. You know, we we have fun with it. We love doing what we're doing, and and you know everything seems to be ready for another great season of Cardinal baseball. So. Hey, if, if my biggest problem is to talk to Mo or Gersh in the middle of the game, yeah. that is not a problem at all. I enjoy it very, very much. And, and, and uh, you know, they, they are very nice to talk to. And, as you know, it's always good to uh, to talk to people in the front office because sometimes you will hear something. Sometimes you will you will read their minds or, 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 or just uh, the talks, the, the conversations that you have with them, especially if you're a broadcaster they can turn into a nice conversation on air in between, in between a bath or, you know, nowadays we're not going to have a lot of time to talk about things, but it's, it's always nice to, to compare notes with broadcasters, with, like I said, people from the front office. And at the end, it all, it all comes out on air. And that's, I think that is what makes Cardinal baseball and the, the broadcaster the Cardinals have 
so special and interesting because we, yeah, we talk about baseball, but we also talk about a lot of different things. And as you know, I mean, if you, and I know you understand a little bit of the Spanish we drop out there, Benji and I, uh, we talk about food, we talk about wrestling, we talk about music. And I am going to tell you this year, I don't care how late the season is. I'm going to talk about the World Baseball Classic because if you don't remember, Mexico, mi Mexico beat his Puerto Rico. So I can write all season long, at least for the next three years. <laughs> um, Jordan Walker makes the club. How excited are you to watch this guy play on an everyday basis? You know what? I had a chance to see him uh, last season. We did a trip, a special trip to Springfield, and he was there. And he hit a ball, I don't know, 460 feet down center field. Like there's, I don't know if you've been to Springfield, it's the stadium they have there. But there's like a Coca-Cola sign uh, right beyond like center field. And he went beyond the, 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 the sign. So it was a good 450. Yes, I know it's double A, but hey, he was doing in spring training against big league talent. I'm excited to see him. You know, the guy is huge. The guy is strong. And on top of that, Matt, He's a really, really nice kid. He's only 20 years old, and he is grounded. He knows what he wants. And I think if you guys saw the video that Cardinals Production put out there, what uh, Oliver Marmol, our manager, was telling him and the way he reacted to every single word, I am pretty sure he thought they were going to tell him, but you're not ready. We will see you at some time or at some point during the season. When they told him you're coming with us to St. Louis, you can tell he froze for a second, and he basically, I'm pretty sure he thanked somebody. I don't know who I'm going to talk to him tomorrow, and, and, and I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him around the lineup. I'm excited to see him on a regular basis around that lineup with Nolan, with Goldie, with all the other guys. But around those guys, let's see what this kid can do, following them, hitting in front of them, hitting in between them. It's going to be exciting, no doubt. It really is. He is Polo Asensio. He's the Spanish-language broadcaster for the Cardinals. He is going to be uh, visiting us, hopefully, many, many times uh, during the course of the season. Always love talking uh, baseball with him. Polo, thanks so much for taking some time after just landing here in St. Louis, and uh, we'll see you at the ballpark here very, very soon. Hey, I'll be there tomorrow. There's a workout tomorrow, and then on Thursday, the unofficial, official holiday of St. Louis. You know, there's no day like opening day for the Cardinals in San Luis. So I'll be there. I hope to see you there. I'll be wearing my best suit. I hope you'll be wearing your best suit. And, hey, Cardinal, Cardinal fans, again, thank you so much. Let's have some fun this season. At the end of the day, let's have some fun because we know this team is going to give it its all. Yeah, absolutely. Polo Sencio joining us here on the program, and we uh, appreciate him taking a little bit of time uh, with us. And yeah, we're just about there. Opening day coming up uh, coming up on Thursday. I see people say unofficial holiday. I'm dropping the unofficial part. It, it, it It's an official holiday. This is St. Louis. It's There's nothing unofficial about it. This is an official holiday. Opening day, St. Louis, officially official. It is a holiday. Don't go to school. Don't go to work. Don't tell them that I told you that. But, you know. I used to always get pulled out of school for uh, opening day. My uh, my family did that, and I appreciate that. That was a good decision by all parties involved. We'll hear a little bit from uh, Oliver Marmel. We'll do that next. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Goldsmith swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Bottom 
America's Sports Voice, KMOX. A Gray Bar Sports Open Line rolls on right here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauly. Into the uh, final half hour or so of the program tomorrow, we are going to be doing a whole lot of Cardinals baseball. Not that we haven't been uh, here recently, but uh, tomorrow will be the final show before the Cardinals officially open up their season on uh, Thursday afternoon. The Cardinals are going to be holding a workout tomorrow. There's going to be a media availability, and we've got a couple other things in store uh, tomorrow, so make sure to be tuned in from uh, 6 o'clock to uh, 8 o'clock, and then we'll have Sports Open Line, kind of a post-game edition of Sports Open Line on Thursday from uh, 6 to 8. It's going to be fun. We'll do our uh, normal network post-game show. Then we'll have the extra inning show. Joe Potts going to be joining me for that. And then we'll roll that right into Sports Open Line. Uh, that's going to wrap up kind of our Cardinals coverage on Thursday. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. Cardinals opening day. It's all going to get started, by the way, with uh, kegs and eggs, 10 to 2. Uh, if you don't have your tickets yet, don't know what you're waiting for. These things are going to sell out. Would encourage you to purchase them ASAP. You can head to KMOX.com slash events. It's all being presented by Budweiser. With the ticket, you're going to get access to a covered VIP area with private restrooms, uh, Budweiser products, Sugar Fire Smokehouse, much, much more. So uh, KMOX.com slash events for all the details on our annual kegs and eggs. All right. Uh, I don't know how many more times we're really going to be able to do this. Uh, we'll see what it looks like once the season gets started. But really, since spring training got started, we've been doing uh, fun with audio almost every day here on Sports Open Line, where we kind of go through some of the big topics of the day and uh, hear from uh, different people associated with with the Cardinals more often than not, Oliver Marmel, and that's what we're going to do today. Uh, there were some key storylines throughout spring training and that played out at the end of spring training and kind of want to go through a bunch of them and get Marmel's thoughts on them. Uh, first off, we're going to start with somebody who's not even going to be on the Major League roster to open up the season. That's Mason Wynn. Win was incredibly impressive in spring. I think everybody came away from Grapefruit League play kind of with a just a wow feeling about Mason Wynn. Like we heard about him, we knew some of the things he could do, but he looked major league ready. In fact, his comments recently were that he realizes if he was playing for some organizations, he'd probably already be in the big leagues, but he's going to embrace uh, the continued improvement that he'll do at Memphis, and he knows his time is coming sooner or later. Oliver Marmel kind of reiterating that, saying that Mason Wynn absolutely is close to getting to the big leagues. He'll be up here and contributing at an extremely high level. It's one of the most impressive um, players I've seen on the field in a long time. I mean, what he does on just every aspect of the game, defensively, offensively, on the bases, Mason Wynn is he's good. You know, one of the things with the World Baseball Classic, say with the Tommy Edmond not being around so much, and then obviously Paul DeYoung's injury helped with this as well, it, it opened up some doors. It opened up a door for Taylor Motter. More on that in a moment. But it also opened up a door for Wynn to be able to play more than I think anybody really expected him to play, or more than he wouldn't. Probably the better way to say that would be more than he would have been able to play uh, in a standard non-WBC year. It was kind of a perfect storm between the WBC and injuries, also opening up that door for him. Either way, Marmel very happy that they were able to give Wynn so much time this spring. It's definitely a plus to be able to run him out there as often as we were able to and see see him like just consistently. Um, uh-huh. It's not just flashes of talent. Like That's how he plays every day. Uh-huh. <laughs> when we look at the outfield, 
Uh, the standard is starting outfield, and it's going to be different, and there's a lot of starts over a seven-day week with three outfield spots. Uh, clearly, there's going to be many, many opportunities for a number of players, but kind of that standard outfield, that opening day outfield, the the outfield if you were going into the playoffs and what you were going to kind of go with is going to be Jordan Walker in left, Tyler O'Neill in center, and Lars Newtbar in right. So what that does is it makes Dylan Carlson essentially a fourth outfielder. Uh, he's still going to get a lot of at-bats, whether it's coming in off the bench, whether it's being a DH, whatever it might be. And Marmel made it very clear that Carlson absolutely is going to help the club. That's where Dylan's going to provide versatility and being able to spell guys as that right fielder he can go play center he can um, play left he can take that bat off the bench he can provide all of those things and still get uh, a lot of at bats as Marmel continued down that thought and that conversation about Carlson he got more specific about the way that Carlson can help this team and I thought it was interesting because uh, the way he kind of talks this out makes it pretty clear that they feel like utilizing Carlson off the bench as a pinch hitter, uh, trying to utilize him uh, because of the three batter minimum and being able to go righty lefty and just putting pitchers in bad situations and then keeping him him in games and not seeing the defense drop off. Uh, All those things result in Carlson uh, being somebody who can have a huge impact off the bench. It was a super competitive camp and um, the other guys performed and Carlson allowed us for more versatility off the bench um, with the ability to have final say in you know, a three batter minimum of them having a righty ready and us having a pinch hit for a lefty and then you, you have the ability to still with the switch hitter have final say. Um, so there's just versatility in, in how you navigate the three batter minimum and how who comes off the bench, but also you tie that game after a pinch hit and be able to go out and not lose anything defensively matters in a tie game in the ninth or in extras. So at the end of the day, when you lay out every scenario of what our righty lineup will look like, what our lefty lineup will look like, and how you would use your bench, at least to, to break camp, we felt it made the most sense Dylan's versatility. Somehow we've gone this far and not really spent much time talking about Jordan Walker. Yesterday we heard from Walker. Uh, Marmel talked about what Walker did in spring to put himself in position to uh, make this team and really goes beyond spring. It goes to what he did in the offseason, the work that he put in all offseason long, knowing that there was an opportunity for him to make the team. And then he got to spring and he did everything that he needed to do to put himself in this exact spot on the opening day roster. He took it serious and he knew he had a shot to, to break and he did. Um, he's coming with this, but it shows that he also knew that he was he was ready for that challenge. Um, and he took advantage of it. He came in ready and he got off to a really hot start and then showed that even when he's not hitting, that he can be even killed. While there is so much excitement about Walker, and rightfully so, Marmel did talk about the development continuing on. So if you've listened to me much, you know one of my things that I say over and over and over is that development doesn't stop just because you walk into a major league clubhouse. Well, there is nobody that might be any that might be any more true for 
than a Jordan Walker who's so young. And there's going to be some really good moments. There's going to be some uh, not-so-good moments. And, and Marmel said that Walker absolutely is going to continue to develop. He's going to get better at a lot of things, but that's going to be one of them. And um, part of your – like those two for me go hand-in-hand. Hand. It's like uh, you've got work to do and you're really good, but your ceiling – like neither of us know what your ceiling is like i have no idea what's possible for you you know you have no idea what's possible for you what we do know is how to go about our work and find out what's possible um so i can care less about opening day we're playing 162 you punch out four times I can, like i don't care about opening day um you're gonna be nervous figure it out and then let's continue to get better throughout the season it's like that's why those two go hand in hand like i don't place a whole lot of emphasis on the opening day as much as like what's possible and how do we get there and let that be the focus, and it kind of cancels a little bit of the, the noise. You know? So Walker makes the team. We talked about this yesterday. Somebody else who makes the team, Taylor Motter. And he took advantage of the extra playing time because of the WBC. He took advantage of extra playing time because Paul DeYoung was injured. He took advantage of every opportunity that was given to him. He got to play a lot. He hit played strong defense. You can play him at a uh, at a number of positions on the infield. And Marmel simply said, Motter, he's a good player. Guy can play. Like he has more athleticism than you would th- than I thought. Not that you, you might have nailed it. Um, more athleticism than I thought he had. <laughs> plays better defense than I gave him credit for early on. And he can hit. Like he can get on a fastball. Um, he has a good approach. He uses the whole field. He doesn't scare. Like you start naming the things that it, it's easy to continue to nod at the guys that you know that come up through your system. But when you take a step back and see what he brings to the game, like he can be a, a very interesting piece to what we do. There's been so many good stories this year in spring. Like that's when. Um... When we talk about spring training and the Cardinals, a thing that I repeat over and over is there's a lot more good stories than bad stories. There's there's some negatives, without a doubt. There's always going to be. Not everything is perfect. But there's so many good stories. And sometimes when there's that many good stories, uh, some can kind of get lost. And one that kind of got lost was the spring that Nolan Gorman had. Put together an impressive spring after doing all kinds of work in the offseason to basically redo his swing. And Marmel made sure here at the end of spring to to make that point that Gorman's camp was pretty much as impressive as anyone's. People understand the, the real mechanical change that Gorman made. Was it? Yeah, okay. It, it's, that's not an easy one, right? Like the game's headed in a direction where, like, just hop at the top of the zone is eating some people alive and to be able to to adjust to that and immediately put it into play. I think he's only going to get better at laying off the ones he can't and then at the very least fouling off the ones and buying himself another pitch, but he's also gotten to some up there. So it's, um, I was impressed by the adjustment that he made coming out of camp. But then on the other side of that, the, the probably the biggest negative, I guess there's two negatives that are that kind of loom large. Uh, one is Adam Wainwright being on the injured list to uh, start the season, and the other is another player is going to start the season on the injured list, and that's Paul DeYoung. And we spent so much time talking about his offseason, what he did 
all offseason long, how he tried to fix his swing, rebuild his swing, essentially. And uh, it just, he, he didn't hit when he played. He didn't play that much because he was injured. And now he's still injured. At some point, he'll get activated uh, to a minor league rehab assignment. He'll go to Memphis. He'll get some games in there. That's essentially going to turn into his de facto spring training. But at this point, there's no real timeline on when DeYoung might get back on the field. He's staying back. And we need him to kind of get back in the swing of things, get healthy, and then play in some games for us to figure out where we're at. Um, but no real update or news on that at the moment. I can I, I don't know what the timeline for. He's not doing baseball activities now. No, no, no. So that is today's edition of Fun with Audio as Oliver Marmel comments on a number of the big storylines for this Cardinals team going into the season, which begins on Thursday. We'll take one more break, come back, wrap up this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. Cardinals Radio KMOX, celebrating great moments in opening day history. I'm Tom Ackerman in the World Championship year of 1967. Lou Brock lit up the crowd at the home opener at Bush Stadium 2. There she goes, way back. It might be, it could be, it is a home run. Holy cow. Share your home opening day memories on social media and hashtag my home opener. Back at it on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line for our final segment here on a Tuesday night. Again, tomorrow, the Cardinals are holding a workout at Bush Stadium throughout the day. Uh, the Blue Jays are going to work out, and then the Cardinals are going to work out. There is going to be some uh, open clubhouse time for uh, media to uh, speak with Cardinals players. So uh, we'll be in there. Hopefully, we'll be able to uh, maybe get some audio that we'll play back uh, during Sports Open Line tomorrow. We've got a couple other things that are up our sleeves. We might have a couple former Cardinals who are going to join us tomorrow on the, uh, the opening day eve edition of uh, Sports Open Line. Look forward to coming your way tomorrow. Wanted to share this before we get out of here. Uh, Forbes did their annual list of the top 10 highest paid players in baseball. And when they talk about the top 10 highest paid players of baseball, they're not just talking about their team salary. They are talking about what they are totally making in terms of their on-field salary, but also what they make off the field in terms of endorsements and things like that. And the player who comes in, by the way, there is a Cardinal on the top 10. We'll get to that in a second. But the player who comes in number one on the list is going to make a major league record $65 million this upcoming season. Who do you think it is? Maybe you already know. It actually makes a whole lot of sense. It is uh, Shohei Otani. He's going to make about $30 million from the Angels, and then he's going to make more than uh, that off-field as he'll have about $35 million uh, worth of endorsements. Of course, his endorsements are not just uh, domestic endorsements. He has an international following as well. You know, a lot of people are talking about him as a potential Cardinal. I have a hard time believing that's going to happen because he is going to get paid a lot, a lot, a lot of money. We were talking about this yesterday when we had uh, Danny Vietti on the program as uh, we saw kind of the bromance between Lars Nootbaar and Shohei Otani, and Cardinals fans are trying to turn that into, well, maybe Otani's going to end up with the Cardinals. That seems doubtful to me. Unless he just makes this decision that says, you know what, I'm I'm making so much money off the field that 
let me go uh let me go take less money to go for, for some reason St. Louis would be a place that he would really desire playing in but there's it's not just a competitive issue because there's going to be competitive teams like the Dodgers like the Mets that are are going to spend more money than the Cardinals that are going to go after him. But it'll be interesting to see how his free agency plays out. I think we can all pretty much assume that he is not going to uh, be back with the Angels, and then that turns into do the Angels potentially uh, trade him at some point just to get something for him at the end of the season. Let's see how the Angels do before all is said and done. All right, so let's go through the uh, the rest of the top ten on this uh, list in terms of uh, highest paid players in baseball in total both on-field and off-field earnings. So Otani came in at $65 million. Max Scherzer comes in at $58.3 million. Interestingly enough, the vast majority of that comes from his salary. He is set to make uh, just over $58 million this upcoming year. He's only expected to have about $1 million in terms of his uh, off-field revenue. So uh, Scherzer doesn't do a whole lot in terms of endorsements and things like that. He does a little bit, but uh, not a ton. Aaron Judge comes in number three at uh, $44.5 million. Again, the vast majority of that comes from his salary at $40 million, but uh, his endorsements are raking about $4.5 million, of course, you never really know how Forbes gets this information. They don't know the exact amount of money that these guys are being paid, paid for their endorsements and things like that. Number four on the list, Justin Verlander coming in with his on-field salary at just over $43 million, his off-field income at about a $1 million. Mike Trout, he comes in number five on the list, just under $40 million at $39.5 million. Vast majority coming on field. He'll make $35.5 million off field, about $4 million. Number uh, six on this list, Anthony Rendon, $38.2 million. And all but 38 of the $38.2 million is uh, what he is making in salary. Carlos Correa, number seven on this list, set to make $36 million. Off field will be at $1 million. Garrett Cole. Thirty-six and a half million dollars, and again, I mean, this is just this is kind of the difference. If when they do this for basketball, you know, Shohei Otani is the exception because of how much money he can make from an international standpoint. If they do this with basketball, NBA players will make a lot more money when it comes to uh, endorsements and things like that. Same with the NFL. That's uh, baseball is a little bit behind. So Garrett Cole. $36 million uh, is his salary, and then he'll make about a half million dollars in endorsements. Corey Seager, that's a bit of a surprise, comes in at number nine at $35 million. He, uh, or $36 million, excuse me. 35 of the 36 is on field. And then at number 10, you do have a St. Louis Cardinal. Who do you think it is? It's not Paul Goldschmidt. It's not Adam Wainwright. It's a Nolan Arnato. Uh, he'll make about uh, $35.2 million this year. 35 of it is coming uh, on field. Cardinals are not paying all of that money, as we all know about the Rockies deal. Uh, but, yeah, he'll make, uh, he comes in number 10 in terms of uh, top-paid uh, players in baseball, combining the uh, what you make on the field and what you make off the field. So it's, it's pretty interesting that Shohei Otani makes $35 million off-field and nobody else on this list makes more than $4.5 million. That was Aaron Judge, so certainly thought that was kind of interesting. All right, uh, that is just about going to do it. Hopefully you'll join us tomorrow. Oh, man, we're going to have a fun, 
program tomorrow on opening day eve getting ready for uh, the cardinals and the blue jays to begin their respective seasons against each other coming up on uh, thursday at bush stadium so tomorrow we'll be with you six o'clock to eight o'clock we've got a lot planned for tomorrow's show look forward to talking to you then this has been a gray bar sports open line right here on kmox tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.